the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mentelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mentelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. And happy Thanksgiving. Wherever you are, whether in plenty or if, like many this season, things are tough, I pray that God draws you close, that He shelters you, and that He faithfully attends to all of your needs. I know things are not always as we want. For example, for some reason, all of my deployments overseas with the Marines were over Thanksgiving and Christmas. I was in Japan for a couple, Iraq for one, and Afghanistan for two. And as an airline pilot, I've often been out of the country, whether in Europe, Asia, South America, or Buffalo, New York. (laughs) And I'm always grateful to be in the U.S. for Thanksgiving. And the times I was gone just make me more so. I was kidding about Buffalo, uh, for anybody who caught that. Although I did spend four days there, one Thanksgiving with a broken aircraft, the whole crew was in a small hotel and the staff went to great lengths to offer us a heartfelt Thanksgiving meal and it was one of the best Thanksgiving celebrations ever. So I hope that wherever you are, at home or away, with family or alone, you know that Jesus is with you and you're in our thoughts and I hope that you are able to give thanks. Whether in hardship or abundance, God is with you. And today we're going to talk about the value of giving thanks in all circumstances. And speaking of which, I'm so thankful to be joined by my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelow. And I'm grateful to be here. I wonder, though, Buffalo, New York, you said out of the country. Is that out of the country? (laughs) Well, there's some things that go on in New York that should stay in New York. Uh, It's kind of like Vegas. Yeah. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. but not as fun. Yeah. (laughs) Let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Time to be thankful. Uh, It's an awesome time of year. It's very exciting. And I like the fact that Thanksgiving begins the holiday season. Yeah. Because I think I've said this before on the show, when you first get in an airplane in the morning, if they've had the power off it overnight, the attitude gyros tumble. (laughs) And so the little thing that says blue is up and brown is down and it's got a little airplane on it, it will be all wiggly. And one of the things you have to do is put power on the airplane and then you pull this knob and it cages the gyro. So it tells the gyro which way is up. And I think of prayer as caging our gyro, telling us which way is up. And I think of Thanksgiving coming before the holidays as a perfect opportunity to truly set the tone for the celebration of so much. Yeah, absolutely. Culminating with the birth of Jesus. Makes sense. And to start with that helps keep our mind on it throughout the season and hopefully not on the materialistic materialistic aspect of the I just let you know right now, Christy's been having a hard time (laughs) speaking this morning. I was reading a bunch about neuroscience and the brain and all of that. Yeah, and all of those chemicals and all of those brain parts. Norepinephrine. I I said it now. Right. Well done. She was all twisted up in the car when we were driving to the station. Plus, I get really excited when I speak about neuroscience. I wonder if that's because something's happening in your brain. Uh, Well, there you go. So friends, when you speak or when you do a show, I think for the most part, what you know as a host is people are going to take away one thing. And the thing that I hope you take away today is that everything good begins with gratitude. I truly believe that. And speaking for myself, when I have a bad day, it's because I take millions of God's miracles for granted. And so, Christy, you were looking at all the neuroscience of it, and uh, God tells us in many places in the Bible to be thankful Mm -hmm. in all things, give thanks, and that's good and bad. It's not just when things go your way, but you were saying that there are some neurological things that are going on at the same time. Yeah, I mean, to put it as simply as I can, that, and of course, God's so amazing that created the body to do this, but... Uh, when we put our minds on gratitude, there are, you know, what a lot of people say, um, the happy hormones are released. And and there's been studies that have been shown, that have shown that it, the mind on negative thoughts creates depression. It brings out not the best in us. And when we focus in on gratitude, it kind of just think about, it opens up our heart, it opens up our mind, things uh, work better together as the body should, and we it actually down the road can change the way we see see our lives, see our happenings. It it kind of reframes the mind to focus on the positive. Yeah, 
it kind of reminds me, we talked a lot a while back on the show about the reticular activating system. Mm -hmm. RAS. And uh, the way Christy explained that to me is if you decide you're, uh, well, firstly, she said the brain has to filter things because it can only take in so much. And the way it filters is based on what you think about most. So for example, if you decide that you want to buy a new car, you start seeing lots of things about new cars out there. And it's because your brain is saying, hey, I got the idea that you wanted to uh, see things about new cars, so I'm going to let in all the new car stuff. It doesn't mean the same old stuff isn't going on. It's just now your brain is specifically allowing new car stuff. And then you decide that you're going to get a white Honda Accord and suddenly you start seeing them everywhere. And it's the same thing. Your brain has decided, hey, this guy's interested in a white Honda Accord. I'm going to let in every instance of a white Honda Accord. And you see them everywhere. Uh, you do a crossword and you learn a new uh, word and then you start seeing that word everywhere. So the reticular activating system is the brain's filtration of what it thinks you want to see. And it rewires itself accordingly. And so what I understand from Christy is that if you spend time in gratitude, your brain says, hey, a lot of what this person is interested in are good things, things uh, for which to be grateful. And so that's what it lets in. And then there are neurological uh, transmitters, chemicals, uh, dopamine. That come along with that. But I have to say, if there's any neuroscientists out there listening, right. you know, don't call in and tell us we're not saying it exactly right because we're not neuroscientists. We've read this. Um, this is our best understanding. And the way that I say it is it basically this filter, this RAS, proves you right or wrong depending on what you're looking for, right? Yeah. And so it's always filtering and going and getting the information to kind of prove what you're thinking. So if that's the case and you're wanting to focus on gratitude, then focus on gratitude and your mind begins to see things, see from, it from that direction. Yeah, and I think that's so important. Uh, and you make a good point. Uh, any neurosurgeons or if Dr. Carson is listening out there, <laughs> please remember that I'm a Marine and a pilot and uh, I wouldn't make fun of you for talking about flying. So <laughs> there you have there it. There you go. But it's so important because sometimes we talk ourselves into a mood and we see everything as negative. For instance, if you've just been watching CNN <laughs> and then other times you can talk yourself around the corner and then you see all the little kindnesses and all the little, um, and that's something, I, I think I mentioned it on the, the last week's show in my travels around the world. I see yeah. so many little kindnesses. You'll see the good if you look for it. Yeah, I, I think I, uh, I didn't tell you this, but when I got off the airplane, having flown in from Amsterdam, the uh, we come into the international gates, and sometimes they're far away, so they'll have those little carts that the... Uh, concierge uh, staff mm, will right, drive yeah. to help people. And this one lady was sitting by the gate in her cart waiting for the passengers. And she was reading from uh, the Bible, the book of Psalms. And I just stood there looking at that amazing lady and thinking about how much joy it must give God. Yeah. And so I guess if we wanted to say one thing in this first segment, it's that 
we know that things are hard. And I see that too. And we're in a season where sometimes things can feel lonelier and even harder. Uh, We all know family's not all that easy. Not all the time, no. uh, Right. And it's a blessing. And it can be difficult to deal with all of the personalities. But when we come at it from a place of gratitude, the truth is, in the end, it's not the stuff that we're going to be thankful for. It's the people. Right. And there's good in everybody. And I think if we're looking for that and looking at that, then we have to just give thanks to God. And so that's what I hope you'll you'll take away. And I hope that will frame December and the holidays as we uh, work our way toward the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that amazing day. And in these thoughts of gratitude and amazing days, I picked up a book called The Pilgrim Fathers, and it's about the first settlers of New England. And it's recently been reprinted on the 400th anniversary of the Plymouth Landing by the Dunham Bible Museum of Houston Baptist University. We're going to talk about this in the second segment because those early settlers seeking religious freedom make some amazing observations. And in this little book, you can read those observations in their own words. And I'm sure you're going to be uh, edified. So stay with us. I ain't ever coming back again. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and it's Thanksgiving weekend. and. Uh, I'm sure we've all eaten too much, and uh, some of us at family gatherings have said too much. (laughs) And God bless the United States of America because we live in plenty, surrounded by those who are willing to help and people who are working hard. And it was in the thoughts that I was having about Thanksgiving and... uh, the Pilgrims, and what a great nation this is, and faith, 
that I picked up this little book called The Pilgrim Fathers or The Lives of Some of the First Settlers of New England. And I've been reading it. And it's really interesting. It is totally interesting. So a little background for you. Some people say that people didn't come to the United, uh, what would become the United States to escape religious persecution uh, from England. They actually came from Holland. And that's kind of a twisted part of the story. Initially, people were trying to escape the hyper-religious culture of the 15th and 16th century uh, England. And they moved to Holland, which afforded people more freedom of religion. And they were led by a man named John Robinson. And he established a church there, and the church uh, was a little over 10 years before the congregation decided that some of the members wanted to go to an even uh, newer land with fewer restrictions that was a little less, um, how would you say, had better values, more Christian values. Right. And it was in that vein that they embarked on the Mayflower. There were supposed to be two ships, but the one shipmaster didn't want to do it, so he pretended that his ship was leaking. And they embarked in Holland. They went to England. They spent a month there, and then they left for the Americas. And uh, in an amazing part of the story, they were supposed to land at the mouth of the Hudson, and a lot of English businessmen helped put up the money to fund the trip because they wanted to have uh, trading stations and influence there at the mouth of the Hudson. But the ship captain had taken a bribe from the Dutch East India Company, and they didn't want to have these Englishmen at the mouth of the Hudson because they wanted the mouth of the Hudson. So the Dutch East India Company financed all the ships that went all over the world, uh, Cape of Good Hope, uh, down there in South Africa where I was born. And so they, um, the ship captain landed them north mm-hmm. around Cape Cod. Right. Well, if you back up the story, everybody thought, okay, this is horrible. This guy took a bribe. He's a horrible person. These are horrible circumstances. This whole uh, effort is doomed. But the pilgrims looked for the good in everything. And as it turned out, there was a huge population of very hostile native Indians around the Hudson. Had they landed there, they would have been killed, as the next expedition was. Instead, they were landed up by uh, Cape Cod. Mm Mm-hmm where a plague had recently wiped out 90% of the Indian population there, the Native American population. And those who were left were not interested in fighting and killing anybody. And so it was a much more hospitable area. So what seemed like uh, this really horrible thing turned out to be one of the many of God's early blessings of this nation. Right. Doesn't that Isn't just that, amaze you? It is. And and the thing that I know about situations like that, obviously, I don't know that situation because I wasn't there, but our suffering 
there are so many miracles that God's God brings out of our sufferings. And you said so many just then at the birth of our nation. It continues to today. Today, and and he he He's always bringing it all together. Always does. And so, uh, let me read you some things from this, if I may. Uh, some very important things. Uh, so this is in the colonial's own uh, writing. The colony was established on Christian principles. They carried with them an elder or religious teacher and immediately set up the public worship of God. The happy influence of their religion is obvious. The Lord was a wall of fire round about them. And as they acted on the upright and peaceable principles of the gospel, he made even savage enemies to be at peace with them. They exhibited in their history the great moral lesson of the efficacy of genuine religion in securing the prosperity of a community. And so when we look at the United States as we know it today and we lament the turning away from God, which has given birth to such perversity, it would be very easy to get in that little boat on that little river and rush downstream, seeing everything as rocky and threatening and ugly. But today, through the people who love him, God is performing amazing miracles in our time, leading us on a personal journey, each of us, to him. And uh, as we know, Scripture says all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What I heard in there is that they had their priorities straight. straight. If you notice the word immediately, they immediately uh, set up, set up the public worship of God. Exactly. And so that the Lord was a wall of fire around them. And so they didn't tarry. They didn't slow down. They didn't, you know, wait for it. They they first things first. And today I would guess we don't necessarily do that. And it's a choice. And so in this season, I would say maybe it's an opportunity for us to come back and look at those priorities in this time of giving thanks and maybe looking back at all the things he has done for you that have been good and ask, okay, are my priorities lining up here to put that wall of fire around me going forward? Absolutely. I think that's incredibly important for all of us. And it's a mind shift. So the reason why we talked about the reticular activating system and Christy had a rough time pronouncing a lot of those <laughs> words in the first segment is because it's a mind shift. And something I was just saying uh, this morning is I was much more intentional about waking up in the morning and giving thanks up until I got recently busy. And then I got recently busy and I get into bed so tired and go right to sleep. And I don't always give thanks as, a, as was my habit. And so instead of waking up in the morning and giving thanks for all of my circumstances, that my son comes home safely 
that I w- wake up uh, with Christy in a safe house and with God's many blessings all around us, uh, the opportunity to come here and talk to all of you and to read his word uh, so lovingly written and inspired in the Bible. You can go on and on if you give thanks, find things to give thanks for, and then that sets that filter throughout the day. And then throughout the day, your ba- your brain, easy for me to say, <laughs> throughout the day, your brain is looking for things to confirm reasons to be grateful. Exactly. As opposed to the way things are often today where people are running around looking for reasons to feel badly done by. So filter for the things that are good versus filter for the things that are negative. And the Bible spoke to this. And I would be remiss if I didn't, as we're talking about neuroplasticity and remapping the brain, and Dr. Carson, if you're out there, please call in. Uh, (laughs) It would be wonderful to be educated by you yet again. I was eating dinner once with Dr. Carson back uh, maybe 2016 when he was just finished running for uh, president. And I asked him about the effects of uh, chronic jet lag on airline pilots and their brains and if that was any uh, part of their uh, life expectancy. And he was very interesting to talk to and very generous. Well, speaking of that, going back to all of the good hormones and Gratitude, another aspect that is good from gratitude and practicing those gratitude exercises, it actually, when those hormones kick in, it helps you sleep better. And we, you may or may not know, sleep, sleep is critical to your overall health, your overall well-being, your overall mental health. Yeah, your perception of everything. Right. How crabby do we all feel when we're super tired and then everything's annoying? Yeah. Okay, so... Talking about neuroplasticity, the Bible was way ahead of us. And Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and verse eight says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Imagine if we dwelt on such things go. as those. Yeah. The lady sitting in her cart waiting for the passengers, reading her Bible, reading Psalms. Versus complaining about maybe too many people on the cart or people not getting out of the way of the cart or right. n- the being late. Right, the things we do. Right. And yeah. I get it. We're all, you know, I think one of the huge things about being grateful, I think one of the things that helps me the most is when I'm not rushing. Yes. And then you actually can take the time to see. But when you're rushing, you can't see that lady in the cart and you can't see the person in security who's being so uh, patient with people. And so we're talking about gratitude. We're saying that all good things begin with gratitude to include this nation. And as we all pursue God, really pursue him in gratitude for his amazing love and creation and the opportunity we have all around us every day, we can change this nation yet again. Amen. And so stay with us, folks. We're going to talk more about that in the third segment. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. 
Hi friends, I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Folks, you're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking about giving thanks. And our point with today's show, on the weekend after Thanksgiving, is that everything good begins with gratitude, to include being grateful for your mother-in-law if she's visiting. And was that too much? I'm like, why does it always have to be the mother-in-law? Okay, your (laughs) father-in-law. I was just picturing sometimes we've had our Thanksgiving, and now the family's still there. Right. And nerves are maybe wearing nerves are getting. uh, Yeah. And your fun meters close to pegged (laughs) and you're like, okay. Um, So that's where we are. And we're also uh, at the front door of the Christmas season. Right. And uh, all of that uh, excitement and fun and also stress. Yeah. And, so I really wanted to talk just simply today about being thankful. Um, I've spent a lot of time in a lot of countries, and I've seen a lot. And what we have here in this country is very special. And the opportunity that we have to help each other, and uh, you can't help everybody, but for the person you help, it's everything. And so I think that's important to remember. And uh, maybe you do something affirmative to help somebody, or maybe you just don't take offense, or maybe you just give somebody a pass, and maybe that's the way you help them that day. Maybe you let them act badly. 
knowing that we all act badly from time to time. And so uh, I would just like to read you this scripture. I think it's amazing. From Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. And it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so that is our prayer with this show today as we get ready to embark on the last month of the year. Yep. And not only finishing up strong, but setting our sights on the new year and establishing habit patterns. And if one of those habit patterns could be a constant perspective of gratitude, we would see more to be grateful for, and that would help us to be affirmed in that perspective and also the opportunity that we have to love each other. Christy. You know, several things come to mind, but first I'll say this, uh, that the act, the acts of gratitude will change your life. And at the same time, uh, it will draw you closer to the Lord. And I think one of the important things is to uh, give thanks to the Lord. And what's interesting today, I guess, God really had on his heart for us to be talking about this today because our devotional was uh, exactly this as well in our devotional Hope for Each Day by Billy Graham on uh, the grace of gratitude is the title today. And um, focusing on Psalm 92.1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. So thanks to thanks for the things in this world, thanks for our blessings, but thanks to him. And I think in that gratitude as well, uh, it draws us closer to him. But interestingly enough, in this devotional, the um, Billy Graham's also talking about the origins of our nation and the pilgrims, of course, as we're uh, focusing on Thanksgiving. But he he was talking about too how you were you were you were saying there that they had a lot of struggle and strife coming to the nation. Um, and I'll read it. It says the Pilgrim Fathers who landed at Plymouth in America in 1620, knew nothing of the bountiful prosperity that so many people enjoy today. During that first long winter, seven times as many graves were made for the dead as homes were built for the living. Seed imported from England failed to grow, and a ship that was to bring food and relief brought 35 more mouths to feed, but not one ounce of provisions. They caught fish, hunted wild fowl, and venison, they had a little English meal and some Indian corn, yet their lives were marked by a spirit of constant thankfulness. On one occasion, William Brewster, rising from a scanty Plymouth dinner of clams and water, gave thanks to God for the abundance of the sea and the treasures hid in the sand. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about Thanksgiving, and something that I've heard said is, what if you only have tomorrow what you give thanks for today? And I know it sounds strange to talk about Thanksgiving with such fervor, but uh, it reshapes everything. And uh, as a guy who has been in austere conditions, is mm -hmm. the polite way of saying it, on a combat outpost in southern Afghanistan— where you just end up being grateful for every little thing. And a helicopter shows up, 
with some boxes, care packages put together by little hands in the United States and paid for by small contributions. And I remember one time I opened a box and the thing that I was most excited about in it was socks. (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, You're all the time on your feet. You're all the time patrolling outside the wire and oftentimes your livelihood, your ability to function is affected by blisters and bleeding and so forth. And I remember this most awesome pair of socks ever. And so when we're thankful, when things are hard, uh, it's just amazing. And um, back to the book I told you about and a quote from Daniel Webster on the 200th anniversary of the Pilgrim's Landing, and this is in the Dunham Bible Museum publication of the Pilgrim Fathers. And if you have an opportunity to order that and read it, I highly recommend it. But Daniel Webster said this, Let us not forget the religious character of our origin. Our fathers were brought hither by their high veneration for the Christian religion. They journeyed by its light and labored in its hope. They sought to incorporate its principles with the elements of their society and to diffuse its influence through all their institutions, civil, political, or literary. So for those who think that the separation of church and state is an actual thing designed to protect state from church, they've got it backwards. And it is the influence of Christian principles not necessarily religion with the pitfalls that men bring to all of their enterprises, but Christianity and Jesus brought to every area of our lives in gratitude. Yeah, and I think that's what bothers me so much about the nation today with removing God and religion. It's removing, as you're reading right there, uh, founding principles of this nation and you know kids aren't taught this information now and and so they don't know the priorities that were in place when this country was founded and so i would say yet again an opportunity to uh go go learn about this because yeah. i wonder if it's even taught <laughs> well uh days. i think i think that's a good point but what i would say Is anything that is happening is a result of something we have done or failed to do as Christians. Right. And we talked uh, a couple shows back about leadership vacuums. And I was talking about the history of Afghanistan. And when the Soviets left in 1989, they left a leadership vacuum, a power vacuum. And who filled that power vacuum? The Taliban. Right. And then when America thrashed the Taliban back out of Afghanistan, there was another power vacuum. And so it's the same with our faith. If Christians aren't speaking up and they aren't stepping forward and they think that their faith stops at the door to the school or the door to work or the door to the airport, then there will be a leadership vacuum. There will be a power vacuum. And it will be filled, as vacuums tend to be, and it will be filled by the 
the teachings of people who don't want God. Interesting. As you say that, I think about our daily practices, too. Uh, you were talking about being busy and not um, being as intentional as you would typically be with praying in the morning. That can happen there, too. A vacuum can come into place. You turn around and you go, wait, I didn't even realize I stopped praying in the morning. Well, not only that, if you fill that time with something, something else, else, there's no room for it. So right. Christy was saying she doesn't look at email before 9 a.m., and that is because before 9 a.m., she is focused on gratitude, on God, on uh, establishing her perspective for the day, putting on the right glasses, caging that gyro in the right way, because we all know that if you look at email, then it's off to the races. Right. And that can fill your time versus something else. The other thing I was saying is kind of have a backup plan. So if, if things are going right and you have the time, these are the things you would do. You would get up, you would have 15 minutes of quiet time, an hour of quiet time. You would have your devotional. But sometimes, hey, we have an active puppy who likes to get up and get out. Sometimes we can't do that. So I have a practice at, at least, and I like that the Bible app does this for you these days. It tells you how long your streak is looking at the verse of the day. And I'm always disappointed when I miss that one <laughs> that one day. But at least I can get up and look at that and not my texts, the internet, Facebook, my email. Right. But I'm looking at God's word first, and it might just take me a second. And it will change how you see your email and Facebook if you go to Facebook afterwards. And all of those things, because you will have put on those... Uh, gratitude glasses. Yeah, absolutely. And so let me leave you with this as we go to break. Again, what if you only have tomorrow what you give thanks for today? Friends, stay with us. We'll be back for the last segment. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and that is Dave Bray, USA, singing Amazing Grace. Perfect song. Perfect song. Well done, Mike. And if you need to take a break to remind yourself of God's grace, mm. then please uh, go to Apple Music and listen to that. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful, and thankful. And Christy made an interesting point at the break. She was talking about how 
What about being thankful when things don't uh, seem good or when things are bad? And what comes to me about this quote, devote yourselves to prayer, so asking for the will of God in your life and bringing yourself to the foot of the cross, being watchful and thankful. Why watchful? Because things aren't always what they seem. So here's an amazing story from the book that I just can't seem to put down on the Pilgrim Fathers. There was a general distrust of the Native Americans in the area where the pilgrims settled because years prior, a ship captain, I think his name was Hunt, um, lured 20 of the Native American Indians onto his ship and enslaved them took them to Gibraltar and sold them into slavery. Mm. And one of them escaped and made his way to England where he uh, found work with this really nice uh, mercantile uh, guy. And he learned to speak English while he worked for that guy for two years. And then that guy sent him back to the U.S. And in his ability to speak English... He was one of the primary ways that the pilgrims were provided for by the Native Americans. So how do we know what's good and how do we know what's bad? All we have is our little ways. And we know Scripture says, uh, as heaven is above the earth, so God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts our thoughts. So what might be bad right this second, you've been enslaved, you're locked in a smelly ship, you're being taken to Gibraltar to be sold into slavery— But God is working a plan, and an entire nation depends on this plan. And this plan won't be manifested for 20 years when half of this group who lived made it to Plymouth, and they settled there. And when they were starving, they were taught how to farm corn by an Indian who spoke English. And so his ways are amazing, and they're loving, and so... What I would say is not everything is fun, no. happy, nice. Um, I didn't want to put my dog to sleep, and shortly thereafter, I didn't want to be with my father when he died, and shortly thereafter, I didn't want to be in a divorce, right. failing in my marriage after 20-plus years. But here I am. Right. And the honor Uh, of speaking into your lives and trying to merge military and history and Bible thoughts uh, to help us all have a better perspective on what we're doing here and this opportunity and how it takes a mix of heart and compassion and also courage and standing firm. And I'm incredibly grateful for this opportunity And uh, in all the things I've been through, uh, I wouldn't change a thing. I think it's important to take a moment to look back at what God has done for you in the good and the bad times. I know it's hard when you may just be going through a hard time for the first time in your life. I can remember that thinking it's kind of the end of the world, end of the world. And and I hadn't um, come to Christ at that point. But now as I look back at the tapestry of my life and like you, so grateful for where I am today and I wouldn't be where I am without 
the, the the hardships that I have suffered. I wouldn't be where I am today without the good as well. And so um, kind of resting and knowing and surrendering to his plan. And so when those hard times do come to you, giving thanks at that moment versus um, lamenting them. Yeah, you make uh, you make great points there. Um, we don't always know. It isn't always what it seems. You haven't been singled out for persecution because ours is a loving God. I was on a layover last week in Honolulu. Pity me. <laughs> and uh, whenever I tell people that I had to fly to Honolulu last week, they kind of seem to get a little bit mad. <laughs> but anyway, I had this idea. I'm sitting at breakfast and reading my Bible, and I was thinking if the devil appeared in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, then what can we know about God from Genesis chapter 1 and 2 before the appearance of the devil just about God's nature? And so I spent the next, I don't know, six or seven hours studying Genesis chapter 1 and 2 with an eye toward what do these words tell me about God? And it's an amazing exercise because it's God's nature that helps us to understand the circumstances to which we are subjected or which befall us or which... Uh, happen as a result of other people's actions, and now we have to deal with the consequences. And uh, we know God is huge. We know he's omniscient. We know he's omnipotent. But there are so many other things to learn from those first two chapters. For example, if God rested on the seventh day, then he can get tired. True. That was kind of uh, amazing to me. But the thing that came away from those few hours of study is what an amazing God we serve. He brought the animals to Adam to see what he would name them. He is so interested in his creations. He saw that Adam was lonely. That means he has such a compassionate heart to see that one of his children is lonely. And so he made him a helper. And so my point in that story is that whatever your circumstances, whatever you're going through, it's not necessarily fun, and I won't pretend it is. But what I would say is you can trust God, and you can trust his nature. And it's not what the world tells you. It's not what a priest tells you. If you just go to Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and read about the creator of the universe and the processes he put in place for seeds to become crops and trees to give fruit, it's amazing, and that God has his eye on you, and he has said that if you turn to him by the blood of his son Jesus, he will give you whatever you need, not necessarily what you want, but what you need. And so who would not want to be thankful for that? Before we uh, get to the close I just want to read you one more passage from this book that I'm so enjoying. And if you can imagine the pilgrims, they've landed there. They started out with around 100, and now there's uh, some number, about uh, 30s or so. And they're starving, and it's freezing, and it's a northeastern winter. And they still had this to say about life. 
Fear God. Keep His Sabbath. Maintain an evangelical ministry. Keep up in its purity family religion. Educate thoroughly your children, and educate them above all things on Christian principles. If you would be free and prosperous and happy, be religious. And so obviously they're not talking about religion per se. They are talking about faith and belief in the God of Abraham. And that's the truth, and it brings us to our moment of truth. In every show, as you know, we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. Today our moment of truth comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, and it says, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Friends, everything good begins with gratitude. This nation began with gratitude. Through every hardship, the men and women who established this nation gave thanks. They gave up everything and risked their lives for the chance to worship God, to live by His truth, and to raise their children in His ways. Their dream, which became this nation, was to live godly lives without the chains of government or religion. And in every situation, good or bad, they gave thanks. In the daily struggle to cope, to work, to raise our children, and to live faithfully, I realize it's easy to forget God's gifts, to complain, and to wish we had more or that things were simpler and different. It's better to be grateful. This holiday season, let's be like those prince let's be like those pilgrims. Let's give thanks. Let's come together in faith. Let's help one another. Let's forgive. And let this holiday season be the beginning of a new nation. And that's courageous Christianity. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Friends, thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com, or your favorite podcast app, or on CourageousChristianity.today, which we are currently having re-engineered so it will be much easier for you to use. New and improved. New and improved. (laughs) CourageousChristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're so honored to walk with you in Christ. Happy holidays. God bless and simplify. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.